Tell your friends. The Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Max Show. We have Friday up and running already, which is pretty exciting. Yay. No telling what the weekend. Well, yeah, I know exactly what's going to happen over the weekend. <laughs> Let's see. Mark's going to get up at the crack of dawn and go uh, shopping for a thrift store stuff. And uh, I'll probably take another couple loads to the dump of former thrift store stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How was the old end with the new? There you go. <laughs> Pretty much. Can so you, uh, some people call it spring cleaning. It's with us. It's like, uh, I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what it is? I started watching. I told you this uh, off the air, but I've been watching uh, some shows on hoarders and stuff like oh. that. And it's not that I have a hoarding tendency. Okay. Right. But I look at stuff and go, but it still works. Okay. How do you get rid of something that still works? Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. okay, this is an Ampex reel to reel from the 1970s. Oh. That somehow I oh. ended up lugging around. Okay. Oh, oh my goodness. And these things are a couple hundred pounds. They have their own metal stands and everything yeah. else. Yeah. And I, I'm making a joke out of that because that is something I had for a long time. Wow. And I had moved it several times. Well, you know, the reason that a radio person ends up with something like that, <laughs> the it's radio because, station threw it out. <laughs> yes. And it was, it didn't work the right way. So they got rid of it and like an idiot. Oh, but wait a minute. It still works. Give it to me. I might right. need that. Well, <laughs> you might need that. But in reality, if it doesn't work good enough to use at the radio station anymore, it right. doesn't work good enough for you to use at home. And you're no. now anyway. Mm. So I lugged one. Of, I learned lessons from that. But yeah. now it's like all these years later, you go to throw stuff out and you look and you go, well, okay, this thing works and I really don't want to pay to replace it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, do you realize why it's in a box and you haven't seen it in five years uh -huh. because you don't need it. That's right. And so watching hoarders, I've watched these hoarders go, but, but this little stick here, it's a remote control for, for a stereo. And it's like, and, but and where's the stereo? Me. It's yeah, under that Johnny, pile of junk in the corner over there. No, in the pile of junk by the tree out in the backyard where the tarp shredded, it's wet. It doesn't, it'll never work again, but that remote looks like a brand new remote. Doesn't it? I need to keep this. Oh, no, you don't Johnny, uncle Johnny, you need to just let us throw this away. And so I did that while Hannah and, and uh, Bray were off doing, you know, right. Gatlinburg, yeah. I, I took advantage of the time and went down and said, Hey, you know what? If I, if the box hasn't been open in the last five years oh. and I've had to move it more than once, then <laughs> this will be the last time I move it and it's going to the car, you know? So yeah, I have, uh, it's kind of, what, it out. kind of what happened around my, around my house. I've told you my stories too, yeah. about uh, the stuff that's I've got, I've got an old recliner in the garage right now that's in two pieces. It just needs to go away. And it, there's an old, uh, there's a king size mattress that I've got rolled yep. up and stuck in a corner, which, yep. which it, it occurred to me early this morning. I was thinking about, I got to find a place to get rid of that thing. And the first thing they're going to think is, is there a body rolled up in that thing? Yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then Ooh. I've got other stuff with, uh, uh, I'm the same way with electric electronics but it's with yeah. me it's more like computers so right. i've got stacks of old hard drives that are worthless you know yeah. i've got uh, computer cases i got stuff like that i have a six foot equipment rack that actually i don't have anymore it's already gone to the thrift store that when you and i were working at a, at a group uh, in yeah. birmingham they were throwing it out right and i thought oh, i bet i could mm -hmm. i could put I, I had all these things in my mind that would fit in that rack if yep. I just brought them home because I'm an electronics hoarder, right? So, yep. so I brought it home. I don't think I ever put anything in that rack since wow. that day. It just kept getting moved around my downstairs. 
And I finally moved it from from uh, my downstairs studio into the garage and then into the car. And then I donated it to the thrift store. <laughs> and, now you know why I don't do thrift stores. There you go. And because everything is, in there, I got to have. The thing is that uh, I donated that rack and I have never seen it, which means that it went from the donation door out the back door you know, the side door of the place around out the back door and into the dumpster. <laughs> they didn't even try to sell that thing. <laughs> FM, the Mark and Mac show. You guys talk about hoarding a minute ago, Mark. And you know, when, well, not that we're hoarders or anything like that. Oh, okay. No, no. But we both have a lot of stuff that needs to go somewhere other than where it is right yeah, now a in big our difference house between but, hoarding and pack ratting, you know, and that's what every yeah. hoarder actually says. I'm yeah. not a hoarder. I'm, you know what? I just keep, I have, I have neat little collections. <laughs> I have collections of electronics. I've got collections of furniture and, but excuse me, Billy, this looks like trash. I have a collection of trash and that's why that's there really. And attached to that collection of trash it's actually roaches and and those are my oh, roaches my. and they're not yours and i don't want them gone mm-hmm. now if you want to get rid of my mice you can do it but you've got to do it humanely okay, <laughs> okay so anyway, fine but the reason i bring that up is there was one uh the ro- the whole roaches one of the hoarders shows and uh <laughs> this guy man he like had everything mark and the, they had a fish tank in there that you couldn't even see in okay oh, yeah i'm i'm looking at it and i'm thinking i i remember i told it on i said is that a fish tank? Because it, it looks like just a yeah a, a box, okay, uh-huh. that is it got cloudy water in it. Yeah. And it's like, no, there's a fish in there. And I'm like, dude, what is that kind of what kind of fish can survive in that? So when I saw this story of an Indonesian cook uh, woman, you know, I thought, I get it. I've seen I have seen that yep. fish tank, Mark. Yep. Yep. Well, she this woman was frustrated with her husband's repeated broken promises to care for his prized fish. Well, this Indonesian woman finally decided the way to solve the problem was to cook the fish. Hey, if it's your prized fish and you don't clean its habitat, you deserve this. <laughs> oh, man. Um, she shared the uh, the video on uh, TikTok a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. Uh, it's been seen more than 6 million times now. And it shows Mia Kuniyawan. Uh, and there we go, whatever, scaling and seasoning this freshwater fish, it's called an arowana, and then deep frying it. She says in the video, (laughs) my husband kept promising to clean the aquarium after I told him to. I thought it would be delicious if I fried it. Wow. (laughs) And then she makes a little heart with her thumb and index finger, and then she texts, it's already cooked and ready to eat. And in a subsequent video responding to comments from uh, folks on the net, she says her hubby, is looking to buy another fish, another arowana, and has forgiven her for killing his pet. Okay, but, now <laughs> we know she cooked it, but did he eat it? That's the big question. That's, you know, yeah, did, things we don't know. <laughs> I'd like to find. See, that would have been interesting if yeah she kept all this to herself. Get the picture of him <laughs> eating the fish, uh-huh. and then show him. Oh, by the way, here's what you just ate. Okay. <laughs> But Mark, I have a feeling this story would have turned out very differently if she'd done that. (laughs) (laughs) The things we need to find out. The thing is, on one of those hoarder shows, a dude had these cats and he had the cats in little carrier cages. And he kept it during the the show. He's talking about how these cats are like his children. Right. Uh And on the hoarder show, they bring in a psychologist, you know, to come in and look. uh, I mean, they 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 build up the show where several times they have people coming in. 
to tell them how crazy they are, but they say it in a polite way. Yeah. You know, family members will say, dad, this is nuts. Friends go, this is disgusting. And the psychologist <laughs> comes in and says, this is the worst hoarder I've ever seen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so they're going through this guy's got like 16 cats and he pulls one out. Oh, this is my favorite. He's like, and these cats are like my children. I'm like, really? You keep all your children in a little cage that they can't even, you know, and it's like they go to remove the, and the, they're buried under the hoard, you know? Yes. So I get that. I mean, this guy is going to immediately start hoarding fish again. This time though, it ain't going to be just one. He's going to have them all over. The, oh, he might even gosh. hide one in the back of the toilet bowl, you know, for safekeeping. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show friday edition i almost feel guilty about getting gleeful over friday because of what we do during the week but you know i guess it because we both are old we get up early anyway we yeah early. oh i had to tell you know hannah when she was in gatlinburg with braylon you know and mm-hmm. doing the fall break thing which is I'm, i was excited for them having yeah. fun but she was talking about um how <laughs> She was talking about all the church groups. You, know, you see church bands oh, yeah. up yeah, there, yeah. and and they were, um, but they weren't uh, youth groups. They were senior groups. You know, <laughs> I told you she was going to be the youngest person there. Yeah, but the thing is, is that she was like, she's like, Dad, um, you know, I thought old people ate early and went to bed because these people were out there at eight thirty and nine o'clock at night eating dinner. They're at the, you know, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, well, Hannah, you know, if you do the blue plate special, you know, you get an early start on the day. And I said. And she goes, no, dad, they're up all the time. He said, these people don't sleep, but they've all got walkers. And she goes, the one thing a vendor could make a bundle of is selling tennis balls with little cuts in them to go on the bottom of those things, man. I'm like, well, now you know, you know, but you go to downtown Gatlinburg. You can't, you can't navigate the sidewalks because they're clogged up with people with yep. walkers. That's it, man. But the thing is, is that, you know, she was talking about the cost and it was like, she, uh, anyway, it was, I think it's crazy when places that are supposed to be for families okay i get it that they're going to gouge you for everything they oh, can oh yeah but there's yeah. a certain point where you're going if it costs an adult and a child 150 dollars to just go into a place wow okay yeah and i mean i'm dolly with a neat place but that's what it costs for yeah. an adult with one child yeah. a six-year-old okay yeah, for and day, it's yeah. like really 150 bucks and then you know you're going to drop at least 100 in the park yeah for one day yeah and again you know what it's a i got i got it that it's a cool thing to do and it's neat and all that but you know i just when when my kids were young you know and we always had a house full and they always had friends so everything cost a lot no matter what we did yeah but it was like i remember being able to find you know cheaper ways of doing everything right and hannah's an expert at that and it was like that's the best she could come up with pretty much and i'm like wow, wow baby that's crazy but you know yeah i get it the, that's the other part about you know i you know when when you do what we do um you go to places for free yeah okay yeah you go to concerts for free and so it it <laughs> when somebody tells me how much something costs you know mm-hmm. i don't i have no concept yeah. i i yeah. really don't like when we went to disney you know oh yeah i hadn't i we haven't took, paid to go to disney and yeah. i've been to it a bunch yeah and we took we took the show to disney yeah. yeah yeah but it's like i've been doing this my whole adult life has been spent doing really incredible things right. and never paying for it and so yeah. now that my kids are growing up how did you afford it well you know we we didn't yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. don't you remember don't you remember when mark and i had to spend a year wearing disney mouse hats every time we were anywhere doing an interview we yeah, did the, disney that. trivia questions every yeah. day for how long yeah yeah it's like you know that's how you got there but hey you got there all right well mark there are some 
I'm I'm kind of stuck on the day, the day price. I mean the the price yeah. for Dollywood. Dollywood. Let's be honest. Dollywood's a one day park, right? Yes. It's it's. Yes. You might be able to stretch it into two days if you decide you're going to look at every nook and cranny in no. the place. Yeah, but for most bored. people, yeah, for most people, it's a it's a one day park, and yeah. it's not like they're covered up with tons and tons of rides. They got a couple of cool rides, but I mean it's it's a one dayer. Mm-hmm. I've been there and done it in a couple of hours, right yeah. at night. It, it, when it's 28 degrees you know? yeah <laughs> like it's it's clark at the get the grand canyon okay i saw it let's move yeah but where was that blacksmith it's going to be warm there but mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm i'm amazed at how much it costs for a one-day yeah. park i know disney's yeah. over 100 it's like 110 or so for a day right now and nobody does just a day that's the thing you can do multiple days and the price per day goes down so you're getting down w- well below that if you stay for a week, but for a yeah. one day park to charge that mm-hmm. much. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. That's and, amazing. But they're all like that. The thing is, is that the things up there are all, you know, fairly expensive, but yeah, yeah. again, it's a vacation. It's a tourist place. So yeah. you go there on your vacation planning to spend that money. Right. I mean, yeah. it's not, you know, it's not something you do every day. And in it's your funny daily how life. you think about things that way too, because in, in real life, you're going to look at a Coke and say, you want five bucks for this bottle of Coke. You're going to yeah. argue with somebody about it, but at a theme park, you're going to go two, please. Yeah. Well, what else are you going to do? You know, Yeah. but the same thing with the beach, you know, if you go to yeah. like with going to, a, I'm a beach person and I have done the real expensive right. and I've done the real cheap yes. and it doesn't matter to me because I don't want to spend time in the room. I didn't go to the beach right. to be in a room. Exactly. But there was the one time that we went where Lazana's not a beach person. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and the kids always were. And so there was one time where we paid uh, it was a last minute decision and I'm like, okay, I got to convince her of this. So we did drop some serious coin on a really nice place, right? Yeah. Right on the beach. And it ha- it was a suite and it had a huge hot tub bathtub thing going on. And it was really cool. Really nice, beautiful place. Because I knew LaDonna just did not want to go. And so I thought, <laughs> okay, baby, here's your room. You know, do what you want. The yes. thing is, is this was the nicest place I'd ever, the most expensive place I'd ever paid to stay. And the water was brown. <laughs> I'm like, the oh, heck? No. I went down and talked to him at the front desk. I'm like, well, what's going on with this brown water stuff? Now, yeah, we got a little problem. And then, so, then I looked it up. I'm like, no, it's always been this way. You don't have a problem this weekend. It's always <laughs> this way. But what bogged my mind then, Mark, was the number of families that were there staying in the hotel. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how do y'all afford it? I mean, I know what I'm paying to stay right. here. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but that's how people do. They, they, you know, you plan according to what you're going to do on the trip. And I got, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Because when we would go, because again, I'm looking for a place that I can crash. You know, I'm, we're just going to sleep because we're going to be at the beach. We're going to be doing things. This is not a place we're going to spend hours. Right. At a time. And so yeah. that's how we stay at the beach. But yeah. anyway, it's just, the, I, I was just shocked when she was talking about how much, it costs to do certain things, but wow. again, she was prepared. She had saved for it and planned for it. And yeah, so it well, wasn't her. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a shock. Right. I'm just thinking how much more organized in her thought process she is than I am. <laughs> you know, I just showed up there with 20 bucks in my pocket and my cards, <laughs> you know, you want what? Well, you better take the black card for that one. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, the one, gold that one still got money on it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You can use this one. I think. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. Mark sent me this story yesterday oh, and no. uh, about statues. Oh yeah, from a British garden. Yeah, yeah. And the, the our friends in England. By the way, we're on in the UK. Hi, folks. The uh, uh, they call their uh, their yard their garden, 
right? So right. Uh, you and I, when you somebody says, uh, uh, yeah, I got that out of my garden, it's usually a cucumber that they got out of their garden because they're grow, <laughs> they grow vegetables in their gardens, right? Right. So, but in, in England, the garden is the front lawn or whatever, right? Well, this couple brought is moving out of their house in Sudbury, England, and they contacted Mander Auctioneers because they wanted to sell some items off when they were moving. They were getting out. We were just talking about cleaning house a while ago, mm-hmm. right? These guys are getting ready to move and looked around and went, oh, my gosh, I'm not moving this stuff. So let's sell it. So right. among the stuff they were going to get rid of was a pair of statues that had spent 15 years in their garden, hmm. you know, like like lawn uh, garden gnomes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But these were little Sphinx statues that they'd had there oh, for quite okay. some time. And they bought these things from another auction, and they spent a few hundred bucks on them. They thought they were like 18th century replicas of ancient Egyptian artifacts. Well, okay. James Mander, he's an auctioneer, said the auction house didn't question the couple's appraisal of the statue's origins. They expected them to sell for, eh, between 400 and 700 bucks, somewhere around there. But the auction started to skyrocket when prospective buyers suggested the statues actually could be real, actual Egyptian items that were thousands of years old. (laughs) Manders said the statues finally sold for $265,510. Herbert! The times you made me eat spam, and I could have been living hot. I can hear that now. An international art gallery bought him for that much. He said the gallery owner's examination of the statues actually did determine they were actually real, authentic Egyptian artifacts. <laughs> oh, my God. That's it funny. turns out they were actually thousands of years old, and they were genuine, and they'd been in these, the garden of these two guys. They've been long. Basically, they've been garden wow. gnomes for these people for 15 years. Wow. Man, you got dogs and cats doing their business on them, you know. Yes. <laughs> letting the letting the stuff grow all over them. Eh, don't worry about it. Just, you know. It's just a little moss that'll come off. <laughs> wow. I love it. Yeah. That's but I I I I'm just thinking this is gonna cause some serious problems down the road, man, because these people now expect to find everything in their home to be worth something, you know? Oh, that's an ancient Egyptian ping pong ball. What are you talking bought about? It at the same, hey, I bought it at the same time we bought those others. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show, and uh, we do appreciate you being here. Mark, you pointed out something yesterday on the show that we hadn't really talked a lot about, and I've got it pulled up now, and I'm, I'm glad you did. It's the uh, one-year Bible online oh, yeah. that, uh, with a daily Bible reading. Right there on the main website at liferadio.fm. Uh, you can pick up where it is today or start at the beginning. doesn't matter. And uh, it, it's just a great way to start the day. And uh, you won't regret it. You know, it's the one thing that when you carve out time in your day for, I don't know, watching a TV show or something, it, sometimes you get done and you get kind of sucked in. You and I talk about getting sucked into YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. You start looking for research on one thing really important, you know. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're watching fat people falling down. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, and you go, I just wasted three hours. Well, you will not feel that way after you do the daily Bible reading. Okay. So just throwing it out there. All right. Now, you you know, Mark, there was a story and it came out of uh, the North Carolina mountains in the 1800s. Okay. And it's a story that I've heard shared and reprinted as a true story. And it's not it. I actually looked it up before because when I saw you send me this, I thought I I remember. And the story was that, uh, um, it was like in 1831, a young married couple in North Carolina, uh, they were preparing to marry, and the young man 
uh, wanted to build a house for his uh, his bride and before they, you know, obviously before they were married. So he builds it on this huge rock of nice big, you know, flat yeah. area. It's wintertime. Yeah. And very cold. But he's out there building it for his bride. So when they get married, here's your home, you know. And yeah. he wanted to have the home so that the very first time it was warmed up was for her, you know, so that it would always be her house. Right. And it was just a beautiful story. They get married and he brings her to the home and they're at the threshold and he goes in and he lights a fire, you know, and they are, like I said, it's their first night as a couple and they're so excited. Well, it's nighttime, middle of the night. They got the fire burning and all that and they start hearing noises. <laughs> so he gets up to check, you know, he's the man of the house. And even though it's the 1830s, I'm still thinking he got up in his boxers when grabbed a Louisville right. slugger, you right. know, yeah, because, yeah. <laughs> and she, the the new bride hears him screaming, stay in bed. Do not get up, cover yourself and out. Ow! And, and anyway, so she, and he's telling her stay covered up. Do not come out. No matter what, don't come out. Wait, mm. you know? Yeah. And what had happened was when the house, he built it on a rock in the winter time. And when the fire heated up, all of the little cotton mouse or snakes, the rattlers and everything that had hidden in the rocks, they, he brought them out of hybrid and there they came and they attacked him. That's what oh, they heard. That's awesome. And, and so, you know, when the next, and she feels them crawling all over her. And so uh, she stays there and when it gets cold the next day, they all go back into hiding. Right. And that's when she finds her husband. That's an old yeah. story okay. out of the North Carolina mountains. I found wow. out it's, it's been shared as a true story. It yeah. isn't, it comes from a work of fiction. Okay. All right. But just letting you know, not the most uncommon thing to find under one's house. Yeah. Snakes. Yeah. No, no. But out in California, Sonoma County, guy named Al Wolf, he's a director of the Sonoma County Reptile Rescue, responded to a call on the second of this month from a woman who said she had a snake den under her home. Well, on his first visit, Al found 59 newly born babies and 22 adults, as well ah. as a dead cat and a dead possum under the house. Wow. On two follow-up visits, he wrangled 11 more adults. He said, wow. I've been doing this 32 years. Um, I get calls with snakes under the house pretty often. The most I've done under a house is four or five. He notes that he has seen dens the size of the one under the uh, Santa Rosa house in the wild, but never in an urban area. All wow. the snakes, all of them, were northern Pacific rattlesnakes. Oh, my God. That's the only venomous snake that's, uh, that you can find in Northern California. <laughs> and, and she's got him under her house. Yeah. When Wolf first uh, went under the house, he quickly found seven snakes, returned to his car to get special gloves, <laughs> and crawling on his hands and knees and even on his stomach at times, he ah, tipped over rocks. Yeah. He crawled on his belly like a reptile. <laughs> he did. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure he did charge you charge a whole mm. lot more than a dime. One yeah. thin dime. He tipped over rocks and scanned the area for three hours and 40 minutes to, to pull all the snakes out of there. He was impressed by the homeowner, he says. He, she, he says she was calm about the situation. Quote, she told me. Now I know why I haven't had any rodents all these years. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> he plans to go back to the house and one more time this month uh, and again in the spring just to check. He says wow. the lady wasn't afraid of him. She doesn't mind having him there. There were just a, just a few too many. Wow. Yeah, nearly 100 a, of them. Come on. A snake hoarder. Come on, man. But <laughs> you talk about your glass half full. Yeah. You know? Hey, <laughs> at least I didn't have any rodents. I'm thinking odd that... Uh, he knew exactly three hours and 40 minutes that he spent <laughs> because when you're dealing with rattlesnakes in a day, you're charging by the minute, uh -huh. you know, yes. it ain't by the hour, it's by the minute. <laughs>
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. Daily podcast available. You can get it downloaded wherever you find your uh, regular podcast stuff. And if you don't do that, sign up for ours. You know, <laughs> you get it automatically sent. Yep. Hey, Mark, whenever you go online to uh, try to find out the cost of uh, dental work, yeah, you yeah. know how tough it is to find a real price? I, it, it's because I have never looked. You, you can't. Yeah. They will send you. If you look for something specific and you just want, how much would it cost for me to have X? Okay? Right, yeah. You start looking around, you can't find it. Yeah. They just, it, you go from one spot to the next and it keeps giving you these options, but none of them tell you how much. And the reason is it's like, well, your insurance, I don't know why dental insurance, you know, doesn't cover these things. It's like as much as we pay for this stuff, yeah. you, it ought to pay for everything. But I don't know how it is in other parts of the world. I just know how it is here at where we are in Alabama. Because you try to find out. Because when you were having your dental work done, I looked it up. I'm like, I wonder what this would cost, you know? Yeah. And yeah. boom, you're like, where can, how, how can I not? Look, if I want to buy a tire, I know how much it costs. Exactly. I can, yeah. I can compare. Yeah. No, with dentistry, you can't. Yeah. Because it's, a, it's an well, artist. Well, the thing is, thing. If, if you found out how much it was going to cost, you would just find some way to live with the pain. Because yes. <laughs> hey, man, if you have to ask how much it costs, you can't afford it. That's pretty much it. You're not going to get it done. That's it. No. <laughs> and and uh, sometimes they when they don't cover everything, they tell you, okay, your part of this is X. Mm-hmm. And they've got, you know, they've got, <laughs> they've got nice cold towels and stuff to revive you after you hear the prize. Yeah. You know, anyway, um, in England and East London, there's a, uh, a place called uh, Heron's Gate Dental Care. And the, the, the management there were a bit embarrassed after a sign blunder resulted in an odd message being printed on their window. The sign, which prominently pl- is prominently placed on the dentist's front window, lists everything they offer. It, that includes emergency treatments, home visits, cosmetic dentistry, and other things. But the management clearly but no prizes. Ha- no, no prizes. Of course not. No, no, no it's just anywhere. all yeah. these are all yeah. the things that we these are all the things that yep. we do for you, right? But they didn't. Which, by the way, every dentist does these things, right? And yeah, that, that's true. But they it and this place decided decided part of the thing that, that they wanted. One of the things they wanted was to talk about how new and innovative they were, right? Mm-hmm. but they didn't put a whole lot of thought into that before they passed it off to the guy who lettered the window. So this is what the full <laughs> sign reads. reads NHS slash private emergency treatment, new patients welcome, home visits for the elderly and disabled, cosmetic dentistry, tooth jewelry, something about new innovations, nervous and anxious patients welcome, sundries, late nights available by appointment, disabled access. Wait a minute. Something new, something about new innovations. It actually says those words on the window. Something because the boss has said, yeah, we need to put something on here about new innovations. Just put something on the wow. new innovations. Wow. So what would you like me to put on your window? Oh, I don't know. Something about new innovations, you know? Wow. <laughs> nervous and anxious. Patients welcome. Well, I'm a little more nervous and anxious now. Wow. Bless their hearts, man. Yeah. Nobody proofed this. Uh, clearly. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show, and I knew Mark was going to do this to me at some point. Just FYI, I'm throwing it out there. Okay. Yeah. I can't even get past the headline, who is Wrinkles the Clown? Because I'm thinking, no. You know, just clown people just, no. Well, this, and, is, this is an exceptional clown person. No. No, Mark, there's no such thing. There isn't. 
Now you you can prattle yeah. on about it all you want, but there no, there just isn't. Well, this 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 is, this is what happens to people who's at first they start out when they're young and mm-hmm, they yeah, dress yeah. up and do balloon animals at a birthday party, and they yeah. say, "I'm not a clown person. I just dress up as you know Hobo Kelly. That's who right. I am." And see, and, and they, I was thinking about you when I saw this story. I saw the story. Oh, this is perfect. This is this will illustrate one of the things that Dave has one of his issues he has with clowns and clown people these people who fancy themselves to be clowns but haven't you know they can't really cut the mustard at the professional level so they're doing everything and and they have their business card with their clown name and the whole nine yards and i i get that i totally get that i really do but not everybody does and so everybody knows clowns can be scary but what about one that's hired out by parents to spook their own kids. Wrinkles the Clown is a U.S. urban legend, and there's even a documentary about Wrinkles the Clown with the same name, which was sparked by a series of viral videos of an apparently real-life Pennywise. In a 2014 uh, YouTube uh, page titled, Have You Seen Wrinkles? Posted security. They posted security camera footage of a child sleeping in their room before a clown silently emerges from under their bed and destroys the footage. According to the description of the video, um, it was supposedly shot in Sarasota, Florida in June of 2013, and it's one of the earliest sightings of Wrinkles the Clown. The clip has been viewed more than 1.1 million times, and as Wrinkles' popularity as an urban legend grew, more sightings were shared on social media. He can typically be seen wearing a red and white polka dot suit with black gloves and a white mask with, a bl- with black eye holes and receding white hair. His horrifying appearance is not what you'd expect from a children's party clown. But some parents have invited them into their lives for a different reason for a few hundred dollars wrinkles will apparently make an appearance at a social event prank your friends or even stand menacingly 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 outside someone's home clutching a handful of balloons to complete the look wrinkles has not revealed his true identity in interviews choosing to stay in character the only information that he's revealed is that he is a divorcee a former veteran from rhode island who moved to florida after he retired Instead of taking up golf like most retirees, he decided to buy a creepy clown mask, some business cards and stickers advertising a number for his services and went into business that way. Shortly thereafter, he received hundreds of calls from teenagers, pranksters and even parents looking to enlist his clowning services for their own twisted use. In an interview with The Washington Post, Wrinkles recalled the time he was hired to terrify a mother's 12-year-old son. He said he was scared of clowns. And I showed up across the street from him at the bus stop, and he just started crying in front of his friends and ran home. His mother called back a few days later and said, thank you. Now when he acts bad, she just has to ask him, do you want Wrinkles to come back? But Wrinkles doesn't see his work as a way to scare people, as he's just looking for a way to enjoy his retirement. He told a local news channel, I just want to have fun, have a good time, make a little extra money on the side, you know? Have a little fun before I die. Come to my house, and that's going to happen a lot sooner than you think. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You're still chuckling over Chuckles the Clown, man. So many minutes have gone by, and I'm still chuckling. (laughs) You just think about clowns. I know. The thing about 
you know, there used to be a website that I hate clowns.com uh-huh, no, and I thought okay. it got taken down. It didn't. It just moved to Facebook, you know, <laughs> yep. just so, you know, like so many other websites, you know, that yep. were really built among people sharing stories and things. Right. They've, you know, gone to social media, which is fine. Yeah. It's well, just, well, Facebook's free. <laughs> you yeah. Gotta, you got to pay for a website. Right. <laughs> the thing is, is that, you know, you, you look at these things and you're thinking, I know some people don't get it. I know that. Yeah. But you know what? If you're afraid of heights, people, you know, people that are not afraid of heights don't get that. Right. I'm just thinking if you've ever really been around a clown person, you would know what I'm saying. You'd know, you know, there's something wrong with them. You know that. And it's just, (laughs) I know (laughs) we talked a lot about it yesterday. (laughs) That's why I hate Halloween. I, I there's nothing that makes it right just get you know what give me the, i would actually become a robber you know instead of halloween it just, just i would walk up give me the money give me the candy and actually the older i got i'm like you know what i don't have to go around begging for stuff i won't eat i'm just gonna go to the dg and get whatever i want that's why i've got bags that i was sitting in here beside me like right now i, I got my hershey's i got yeah. i got everything right in front of me because you know hey it's halloween i want to be supportive of the kids and all that but no i ain't dressing like that and if you come to my house as a clown you ain't getting, you know what? Come to my, I dare you come to my house as a clown. You know, the thing is, it won't be a kid. It won't no, be a little kid. It'll be their mom or their dad who thinks they're just being so joy. Because you know what? No real adults take their dress up to take their kids out trick or treating. And they will, Mark. They'll dress up as a clown. I'm Snickers the clown. No, you're not. You're you just- Sherry and you live three houses down, you dork. Go back home. Don't come to my house. October 31st, it's going to get dark. Dave's going to be sitting there watching something on the tube, and he's going to hear, meep, meep. Pull the window, pull the curtain back. There's going to be a VW Beetle sitting in front of his house with 43 clouds piling out of it to coming up the sidewalk. (laughs) See, you have a much better version of me than I do. I've already got the lawn. No, I'm I'm already making arrangements, buddy. It's happening. I got the lawn chair on the front porch. I'm making a couple of phone calls today. You're going to get a visit. Nope. My, I got the lawn chair on the front porch. I dare you. You know, I'm gardening. Here's my property line. Go ahead. The Mark and Mac Show. liferadio.fm the mark and max show as we uh, head into the weekend hopefully you've got some uh, good plans if you're in the southeast actually if you're where we are um this weekend the weather is really going to change mark it's going to drop into the 40s overnight the next couple (laughs) of nights yeah that means get uh, get the heat up and around. You know the gas company's going to be getting calls, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. People, people who had it cut <laughs> off last spring just said, ah, I don't need it anymore. And they, they don't pay the last bill. Uh-huh. And so now they're, you know, yesterday they go, oh, no, it's going to be really cold. Right. And so over the weekend, got to turn the heat on. Yep. And uh, they'll call and they're like, well, we're not going to get to you until next Tuesday. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, oh, the man. same for the heating and air companies. Those guys do because oh, yeah. Jane worked uh, with one of those for oh, a few yeah. years. And, and every time the weather would change, the first cold snap and the first time it got warm. The phones would just burn. Just be really? like, hey, my air conditioning's not working or my heat's not working. Well, it hasn't for, you know, months. Yeah. You know? Right. <laughs> and now they know it does now they know it doesn't. Yeah. There you <laughs> it, go. It's an emergency now. <laughs> See, we don't have to worry about that because Hannah's always cold. And so in the summertime when LaDonna gets hot, she cranks that air down, right? And my thermostat is in the hallway. Yeah. That upstairs. And it's it's in a it's in a hallway that never gets cold. Yeah. And so you set it at say sixty eight. 
Right. Just using that as an example. Yeah. And so downstairs in the recliner watching TV, you realize when, you know, if you've been watching a game or something and you get up because it's halftime and you can't walk because the water on your knee is frozen, <laughs> you realize, well, the thermostat in the hallway, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's still 71 in the hallway. Yeah. And yeah. so Hannah during the, you know, she'll get up in the middle of July. Okay. At night, she's cold. She turns the heat on. Oh like, my goodness. Really? Come on, baby. I know. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> it's called, it's called another blanket. Just put on yeah, another great, blanket. You know, yeah. <laughs> yes, we like it cold in our house, yeah. okay? Uh, so it gets I. so bad. Yeah. I actually put an air conditioned, a window unit in my bedroom for LaDonna. I'm yeah. not kidding. So the house, in the dead of winter, okay, the house will be set and it'll be nice and comfortable out there. You yeah. walk into my room, you could hang meat. Yeah, yeah. There are days, there are days when the dogs are actually, you know how you hit three dog night? Yeah, uh -huh, they're yeah. on me trying to get warm. Well, like, Come the, on, Dad. That's the great thing about those little mini split systems. They are, they're kind of like a, kind of like a window unit, except they mount in the wall and, uh, and they have their own little outdoor unit. So you can put a handful of those in a house instead of one big central air unit. And you can actually yeah. do air conditioning and heating. Like if Hannah gets cold in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. she just grabs yeah. the remote and, and, and bumps the temperature up in her room instead right. of everywhere else. And that's why our buddy yeah. Mikey's having that put in his house. Actually really? having it. He's bought it. And he and, a, he and an yeah. electrician friend, he knows, <laughs> they're putting yeah. it in his house. Uh, huh. And he said he was going to have to get Aaron you know, his son, their son. Yeah. You had to get Aaron to crawl into the house and drag things around because he's not going under right. there. You know, snakes. No. <laughs> snakes, yeah. I'm thinking I, that's a probably better idea than what I did with Hannah. I just gave her a bag with wood and candles and said, here, you know, <laughs> get warm, baby. <laughs> the thing is, man, you know, back in the day when they would build a house like this, um, they would just use one, you know, central air unit, back, yeah, you know, yeah. when this house was built. Right. Now, when you go, they would use multiple, they would have two or three units, you uh -huh, know, to, yeah. to take care of each level and, and obviously a much better way to go. Of course mm, yeah. you go up underneath my house and it's so, you know, my, you get a house that's <laughs> built 40 years ago, dude, yeah. you're going to have really some problems you need to take care of. Oh yeah. And it's like, you go under there and you find out that the tin, you know, they uses the big vents to dry that they've rusted. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like you go and you look at, you know, you got the vent covering up, you pull a vent and you're going. Why am I seeing dirt? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Where is that? And so, you know, you don't want to mess with it right away because I ain't going out of the house right now. Yeah, so you yeah. take an old shirt and you cram, you know, you reach down there and you find the hut, you know, cram it in there. Like, mm -hmm. I'll get this vent covered up. Yeah. And then your wife, why is it so hot in the kitchen? That's the stove, baby. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's a vent right there, but now nah, I didn't. Yeah. So I remember, you. I remember when I was in the, like in the first grade, what we were, we lived in this little, in this house that had, uh, it had a furnace. It wasn't central heat and air. It had a furnace. And then, you know, in the winter, t in the, in the summertime, you just opened the windows and fired up box fans or whatever. But, uh, I remember in the wintertime, my mom, I remember her telling me, don't step on this grate in the hallway because it's very hot. That's where all the heat came from. It came up through oh. this one central thing in the hallway, um, <laughs> and, wow. and heated the whole house that way. Yikes. And, and Jane remembers the same thing. Her grandparents' house down in Silicaga was the same way. And uh, so it used to be, and that was advanced at that time. Stop and think about it, you know? <laughs> wow. And, and I, then I, now I think about my grandmother's house way down in South Alabama. Uh, she was a cattle farmer, and uh, her house was heated by fireplaces. Right. That's what they had, fireplaces. And when I was a little kid, um, uh, they had uh, propane or liquid butane heating they had a big tank outside and there was a heater in the kitchen 
uh, and one in the hall bath. And those were the only two heat sources in the house besides the fireplaces. And there were two wow. fireplaces. There was one in the master bedroom and one in the living room. And my mom would get us up, my brother and I, she would get us up and wrap us in blankets and, and uh, hurry us to the kitchen. And that's where we'd get dressed because that was the only room in the house that was warm. Man, yeah. if you start telling a story about walking uphill both ways in the snow to get to school, I'm going to go ahead and just cut you off. You well, got all. Well, you got a few day. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and you know mark and i both are pretty positive about life yeah. in general and opportunities in the united states because when you have an opportunity and I, we make jokes about what we do for a living but in reality when you have the opportunity to do something you love and to do it as a career you know it really doesn't get much better than that you know mm -hmm. and i think I've, I've said it out loud but i really respect people who have a job and they've gone to that job day in and day out, you know, just punching the clock and leaving and, you know, dreading it, but doing it to take care of their family. I, right, I yeah. totally respect that. I don't really understand it, you know, in that I think that everybody, if you, you know, look at what you want to do. Now, that might be what you want to do. OK. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you just want to work in a factory, get that paycheck. And, you know, I get it. I understand that, too. It's just not me. Yeah. And so when I see a headline that says woman's million dollar business started by sending gifts to cheer up colleagues during furlough. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of those stories that might help you understand that there's more out there than just working for somebody. Yeah. And, and during the pandemic, a lot of people's work habits, you know, the regular routine changed a lot and not everybody dealt with it the same way. Right. Yeah. A 36 year old Natalie Barnford. Uh, she, she had meningitis as a kid. Now she suffers with memory loss, so much so that she can't remember her wedding day or the birth of her daughters, Lola and Poppy. This is from the UK, by the way. Yeah. Um, she, wasn't, she hasn't let it hold her back, though. When she was furloughed in lockdown, she used her time wisely and established her own little business called Colleague Box. The business has proved wildly successful, and now Natalie has received an award for her outstanding business acumen as the company has made its first million. She said, we first set up last May at the start of the pandemic. It wasn't really supposed to become a business. It was more of a side project where we were sending out gift boxes to our colleagues where we worked at the time to spread a bit of joy and happiness when we were all having to work from home. Some other businesses got wind of what we'd done and asked if we could make them some boxes. And it just kind of spiraled from there. We've ended up with a warehouse. We're on our second warehouse now, actually. There's seven us, seven of us in the team. So we've taken our own employees, taken on our own employees, and now it's our full-time role. After just one year in business, which she runs with her husband, Adam, Natalie has sold more than 100,000 boxes of products and turned over a million dollars. Love it. As a result of her success, Natalie was nominated for an award and has now been crowned East Midlands Businesswoman of the Year. She wow. said, the past 18 months have been an absolute whirlwind, and I'm incredibly proud of how Colleague Box has grown. I have a fantastic team around me, including my husband, Adam, and mom, Hannah O'Brien, and we're excited for the future of Colleague Box. We have a fabulous team. Having created jobs what has been, uh, during what has been a rough time for the country due to COVID, and Colleague Box has evolved so much. We now have a range of more than 40 gift boxes and huge plans for 2022. Love it. So she took, Love it. She took a box full of lemons and made some serious lemonade out of it. Good for her. Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And 
you know, mentioned a couple of times about the weekend coming up, and hopefully you've got good plans. But, you know, serious business if you're in Alabama, where I guess central Alabama, mm. the uh, weather is changing dramatically. Yeah. And uh, just giving you a heads up, I, I hate when I get surprised by, a, you know, little changes don't bother me. But the big ones, I'm like Sheldon, you know, change is never good. <laughs> anyway, um, I've got my sister, bless her heart. Yeah. Uh, she is a conservative in Seattle, if you oh, can imagine that. bless her heart. Navy veteran. Okay. By the way, we talked just a little bit ago about the woman who took advantage of, not took advantage of COVID, but took a situation with regard to COVID and built a business. Right. My sister, Andrea, is a great study in when you're growing up and, you know, not doing well in school, you know, getting by, but not doing well. And then... As you get older, all of a sudden it clicks. Hmm. And, um, you know, this is uh, somebody who had a difficult time, you know, in school growing up. And then once she got out on her own, you know, she was in the Navy and uh, the Navy offers many opportunities to further your education. And she took advantage of all of them. Right. And I mean, she is just an amazing woman and, you know, got her master's in education while she was in the Navy. And when she after she retired, after, you know, serving, uh, she became a school teacher. So imagine conservative retired military master's degree in teaching and teaching in the public school system in one of the most liberal areas of the country yeah. okay yeah. and that's who she is and it it amazes me whenever i see a seattle story because seattle is such a storied place and yet once the liberals took over it just went down the toilet in yeah. so many ways and so anyway it just kind of cracks me up but i do think about her and i think you know what guts because she yeah. could live anywhere you know she could live anywhere she wants she chooses to be there and but she doesn't like to live in Seattle. She lives outside of it because right, yeah. you know, the city of Seattle is not livable, really. You yeah, know. It's, anyway, it's 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 a serious left wing clown show out there. Yeah. It really is. Well, this you had kinda, to drop clown in there. Didn't yes, you? You I just did. Had to. Just it's on your you, brain. Dave. I'm terrorizing Dave with clowns <laughs> for the next fourteen days. Well, I have to. It's. I mean, if you look in my contract, it's part of my job agreement. I yeah, I have okay. to. You know, I have All to be right. here to do this. And this is going to take us back in uh, into the Wayback Machine with Peabody and Sherman and back to 1954 <clears throat> in Seattle. Something strange was happening to the windshields of the city of Bellingham, Washington. Drivers noticed tiny chips had suddenly appeared in the, in the glass. It was like someone was firing pellets at cars from a BB gun. But nobody managed to catch sight of who could be doing it. As news of the phenomenon spread, people elsewhere noticed their windshields too. Their windshields too were suffering mysterious pitting. All efforts to catch the culprit failed. When the town of uh, Anacortes, I guess I got that right, <laughs> noticed the pits appearing, the police set up roadblocks and investigated everyone entering and leaving the area. None were suitably armed. A naval station even reported an outbreak meriting a military response. Not a bombing, no, but a search of the property, which turned up nothing. The windshield pitting reached Seattle, where cases rose into the thousands. No mere vandal was responsible, so what was behind this? Glass-eating fleas, said some. What? <laughs> These drivers reportedly actually uh, reported actually seeing the pits forming in the glass as bubbles appeared and burst. No one could see what was in the bubble, so it had to be some kind of insect invisible to the naked eye. Or maybe the cause wasn't biological, but radiological. This year saw the first ever measurement of cosmic rays. Perhaps cosmic rays were responsible. You couldn't rule cosmic rays out, especially if you didn't know (laughs) what exactly cosmic rays were. Since the naval station had seen an outbreak, maybe that place was ground zero. And this was all a result of the Navy's newly installed radio transmitter. 
Of course, this might instead have something to do with uh, that other terrifying 1950s military venture, nuclear, nuclear weapons testing. The governor ordered a survey from a panel of scientists from various disciplines. These scientists concluded that the glass just got pitted because sometimes stuff hit it. Stuff like road gravel. Same with windshields worldwide. All that was happening in Washington was drivers were looking at their cars closely for the first time. And for the drivers who said they actually saw bubbles forming, they were just plain deluded. Everyone (laughs) heard the news and had a good laugh, or they assumed the scientists were lying and indeed that all scientists are liars. (laughs) (laughs) Yikes. Just to add something to this. You're talking about the early 1950s yeah, over Washington, you yeah. know, okay. Kenneth Arnold was the pilot of an airplane right. who actually began the UFO craze in 1947, okay? He was flying over Washington State right. when he spotted, he's the actual guy who called it a flying saucer. Yeah, he, he coined the term. Yeah. 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 And so they were already, and, and you know, you, he actually spotted the flying saucer a couple of weeks before the Roswell thing came to be known. And right. you know, there you go. So Seattle was already set up for thinking about cosmic oh. space rays and UFOs and aliens <laughs> and all that. So there you have it. Turns out it was just road, road gravel. Yeah. <laughs> Bless their hearts. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Every now and again, we will see a story and you think, okay, where is the negative here? You can get paid $6,800 to sit at home and watch a TV show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, granted, it is a show that's been on for a long, long time and has a feature film attached to it as well. (laughs) It is. And it's a job when you think about it, that probably most of us are a really really qualified for you just didn't know the job was available (laughs) but one lucky fan of the simpsons will get paid a whopping 6800 bucks just to sit down and watch every episode of the show and well there's more than just watching the show but the perks don't stop there the super fan will get a box of donuts every week (laughs) for the duration of their employment (laughs) Uh, platincasino.co dot uk is looking for a simpsons series analyst this analyst must watch every episode of the hit show to see if the show can help predict the future okay really it might sound dubious but the long-running tv show has previously made a series of eerie predictions which did come true Um, most recently fans speculated that the show had predicted the fuel crisis while it previously forecast occurrences of uh, like uh, the election of donald trump as president now, this UK casino site wants to hire somebody to watch every single Simpsons episode as well as the film and record any other predictions which could come true in the future. This company intends to use this data to predict the probability of standout events in the show actually happening. Well, the lucky chosen fan has eight weeks to watch 284 hours of the cartoon series, meaning they will get eh, $9.31 an episode. <laughs> and a box of donuts every week. Apply applications are now open. The casino says it's going to cover the cost of a Disney Plus subscription so you can watch every episode because it's <laughs> all available on Disney Plus. A spokesman said, it's a well-known phenomenon that The Simpsons has predicted major life events, and in our industry, we too like to predict what the future has in store for us. So after a hard couple of years, we at uh, Platin Casino 
www.co.uk. Wow, what a web address. Are intrigued <laughs> to see what 2022 will hold. Ahead of the new year, we thought we'd put The Simpsons to the test and see if after analyzing every single episode, it can help us predict the future. As part of our mission to do this, we're happy to announce that we're looking for our first official Simpsons series analyst. Hired to watch all episodes of the popular sitcom, the Simpsons analyst will get paid to note standout events from the show and help us predict the probability of each one happening. So you could make uh, $9.31 per Simpsons episode over eight weeks and get donuts every week. Okay. <laughs> you know, I will tell you, the one thing that you'll get is bored. Um, but... Ay, ay, ay. Can you imagine? I mean, really, Mark, could you do that? Do you think you could do that? I, I don't think I could. Yeah. I don't think I could. I just, I, I am big on binging. I, I do, I do binge things, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in fact, right now I'm, I'm binging an old, old 90s sci-fi series, um, five years worth of episodes. And, what? Which one? What it's called? Uh, Babylon five. Oh. <laughs> they used to make they used to make fun of it on big yeah. bang theory remember yeah. and yeah. uh and i discovered it was on hbo max and mm -hmm. i said oh, i have <laughs> hbo max <laughs> oh my word bless your heart so, well. uh, so if i'm not watching youtube videos about people you know <laughs> crawling through caves and stuff like in mines i'm watching i'm watching babylon 5 wow. but i don't i don't think i could I don't think I could do The Simpsons. I think that would kind of yeah. wear thin after a while. Yeah. I See, mean, that's how many times I think it would can you? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, how many times can you hear that go by before you start cleaning your gun? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I couldn't. I again, I re, if you think about this, they were so big back in the day. I remember working at a top forty radio station in the early '90s where we bought this audio piece for the production room that would change your voices, you know, to different things. Yeah, and one yeah. of the things they had was a Bart Simpson module that you could actually, you know, it was, <laughs> I'm not kidding, weird. man. Yeah. And there was a song, do the Bart man. Yes. I remember. Oh, good grief. But that was, even that was 30 years ago, Mark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll, I'd take a pass on that one. Excuse me, teacher. Uh, mark me down for a zero on this one. liferadio.fm the mark and mag show where you know there are a couple things you're going to hear on this program i hate clowns we've got <laughs> clutter and again his book a world record <laughs> a 34 foot 6 inch folding knife created in kentucky was certified by guinness world records as the world's largest pocket knife I want to see the world's largest pocket now. <laughs> the knife mm. installed outside Red Hill Cutlery in Radcliffe, the home of the Kentucky Museum of American Pocket Knives, was confirmed as the world's largest pocket knife by Guinness, and a ceremony was held Wednesday to commemorate the achievement. John Basham, he's the co-owner of Red Hill Cutlery, said the mastermind behind the record attempt said the hope is that the world's largest pocket knife will serve as a tourist attraction for the museum and the town. Red Hill Cutlery said the blade alone wears, weighs about 1,500 pounds. Wow. <laughs> Guinness World Records said the rules wow. required that the folding knife be fully functional. The organization <laughs> said the knife's creators also took some care to ensure it would be able to withstand harsh weather, including tornadoes and ice storms. <laughs> 
Well, wow! Can you imagine? Okay. A, can you imagine a tornado getting a hold of a fifteen hundred pound pocket wow. knife? Man, <laughs> dun, 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 that's the only thing that'll take out that wicked witch. I'll tell you that. liferadio.fm the mark and max show and hey a couple of quick reminders you know we got your daily podcast uh, that you can get daily of the you know show uh we also of course ask that you share this with friends on social media you know just hey listening to liferadio.fm or listening to the mark and max show doesn't really matter we just ask that you do that for fun <laughs> helps us yeah beats well, the heck out of those expensive tv commercials you know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm laughing at right now is I'm thinking about the conversation we just had towards the end of that last song mm-hmm. <laughs> we're talking about. I'm going, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember what it was they were making, why they were making fun Talk of about Ab- Big Bang Theory. Babylon 5 on yeah. Big Bang Theory. And Dave remembers every, hey, and he remembers something, and it spurs my memory. And oh, yeah, well, it was then. I remember that episode, yes. And it, oh, and, and then it hit me. I said, oh, yeah, that was during that flashback. And it hits me. I, re- I, 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 I know way, way, way too much about Big Bang Theory. If I can remember that a, a pop, a pop sci-fi reference to a TV series from the nineties was in a flashback segment of a sitcom. <laughs> it was a flashback segment where somebody's telling a story about, about living with, with Sheldon. <laughs> I think you're actually really set up to do that Simpsons show, Mark. I, I, think, I think you I could think do that. Maybe I could. Yeah. <laughs> Where I, do I the sign fact up? That you're, the fact that your recliner is in the shape of a potato shows you you're not a couch potato. You're a recliner potato. I think you're good for this. I think maybe I, I should be making a phone call. There you go. Hey, 6800 bucks to watch, you know, 40 years worth of a cartoon. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and you know right this time of year mark a lot of people start thinking well planning trips for the holidays right. you know at this point you're kind of going are we going to travel for thanksgiving or christmas or are we going to invite everybody here at least <laughs> yeah. that's us now i know yeah, most yeah. of you prepare this way in advance but for me this is early planning just so you know right this is the guy who shops at the dixie mart on christmas eve for his wife's <laughs> present so there you go but some travel experts have popped in there to make people like me feel stupid and guilty uh, to, to share how you can get really good deals on things for yeah. yourself. Yeah, and as someone who has done a little bit of air travel, it is a pain to feel squashed in your seat, trapped, you know, between people when they're really cloud, uh, crowded, especially if it's a long-haul flight. But a travel expert has now shared her her best tips to increase your chances of avoiding an uncomfortable situation by by bagging the entire row of seats so you can have it to yourself. Maybe you and your and your significant other are traveling, and you'd like that all three of those seats to yourself. Well, Chelsea Dickinson, who shares brilliant travel advice on CheapHolidayExpert.com, says the first hack is for people traveling as a pair to avoid the temptation of simply booking your seats beside one another. Instead, find an empty row and then book the window seat and the aisle seat and leave the middle seat open. Even in the worst case scenario, somebody does come to claim that seat between you, chances are they'll be more than happy to to swap seats so the two of you can sit together, right? Well, Chelsea and her boyfriend recently tried this method on a flight from London to Corfu and uploaded a video to Instagram to show it does work perfectly, and they, they bag the whole road to themselves. I've seen this before 
in fact, with other travel people who do travel things. Mm-hmm. And it does work. She says you can actually adapt this if you're traveling by yourself and just book the middle seat. So you you go and find a row of three, you know, so that are uh, that are open, and you just book the middle seat, and you can hope other passengers will avoid those either side of you because they're trying to get seats together, right? That's a hmm. real high risk strategy, she says. You got to be in it to win it, but it can work for you. <laughs> <laughs> but oh I have goodness. seen that thing work where they do where you book the 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 aisle seat and the window seat and leave the one in the middle open. And I've told you about uh, Kara and Nate, those that couple from Nashville. They they've traveled all over the world, and they they do that all the time when they fly. They'll book those two seats, and very rarely, if ever, has anybody said, "Yeah, I'm going to have to have that middle seat, please." Huh. They always end up with that spare seat to dump their junk in, or maybe turn around and put their feet in it, or whatever. You know, wow. A little <laughs> bit of space when you're flying is a good thing. You know what bothers me about flying? What's that? The smell. It just, the smell. Oh, the recycled air, yeah. Yes, and I keep thinking, where is Uncle Buck? You know, John Candy's feet. I'm smelling feet, fart, and onions. That's what I smell. And and there's always a little kid crying and barfing everywhere. And it's like, you'd think I'd be immune with all the kids I've had. But no, I'm not. Not immune. I'm there. Your kids, it's okay. Other kids, not so much. Yeah. No, it wasn't okay with my kids. It's like, honey, your kid threw up on me. He's your kid, too. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that one. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show heading into the weekend i you know i we say i hope you have good plans for the weekend and those plans can be i'm going to wake up tomorrow morning get a pot of coffee plant my rear end in a nice comfortable chair and not move till sunday morning you know it could be that i am saluting this idea that is a plan you've run it up the flagpole and i'm saluting buddy you just make sure you got good clean batteries in the remote and you got your uh, stadium buddy with you you're good to go you know (laughs) your stadium buddy (laughs) (laughs) yes go look that one up (laughs) all right so mark when i saw that the reno city council is adopting a whip ban ordinance i had to wonder huh? are we talking about whipped cream no. are we talking about the uh the thing that uh you know usually you wear a fedora when you're hunting artifacts yeah, you know yeah, what are we looking yeah, at here yeah and it's not it's not that term it's uh it's uh it's that they've passed an ordinance at the tuesday council meeting outlining the unlawful use of whips as in bull whips and they've placed whips under the weapons municipal code in reno nevada Kind of makes you wonder what happened to cause this to end up at the city council. Mark? We need the rest of the story. We really Sometime do. in the past, somebody was walking down the street and yeah. had him a whip. The ordinance bans whips from the downtown area, including the possession, use, or carrying of a whip without a permit. You have to have a whip permit now. Uh, additionally, the ordinance outlines that cracking a whip within Reno city limits is unlawful. Now, the ordinance was passed to address the growing number of calls to police when people called mistaking the cracking of whips for gunshots. Oddly enough, carrying a gun and shooting it off on down in downtown is perfectly legal, you know, <laughs> but it was the whips. There's something weird about that gunshot. Would you please check it out? <laughs> gunshots and wh- they, they have enough of these going on that they had to write an ordinance, pass an wow. ordinance. There's enough of just between you and me, Dave, just just us guys talking here, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that this is actually the work of somebody who just felt like they needed to look busy and carrying the clipboard wasn't enough. 
When you said just between you and me, I thought I'm you're talking to Connie Chung here, and you're trying to get me to <laughs> talk about Newt Gingrich's wife. Oh my! <laughs> or maybe to Barbara Walters. If you were a twee, I would be a twee with a whip on it. <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Kill this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show weekday mornings on LifeRadio.fm.